Good morning, everyone. Today, Juno Docks and Harbors are with us. Harbor Master Matt Creswell and Port Director Carl Ucatel are our guests. Good morning, Good morning Kevin. Thanks for having us. Oh, you beat me to it. Good morning, Kevin. Oh, they're so happy to be here. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you had not one but two vessels sink at Juno Harbors uh, this week. Let's start with the vessel at Statter on Wednesday. What happened? Hey, Kevin. Uh, Statter Harbor, Wednesday afternoon around... Uh, a little after five o'clock, we, we got a report. Actually, it's pretty funny. Got the report from my son. He found the, saw the boat sinking and ran and rallied the troops. And we got, it was. Oh, really, I better call dad. Yeah, it was really quite the amazing event. Um, it was really encouraging to see our, uh, our harbor patrons drop everything they were doing and respond to a vessel that was sinking. And it was their efforts that kept that boat from going completely under, taking early action and, uh, took us about two two and a half hours but we were eventually to get enough able to get enough boats in there and get some more lines on the corner of the boat that was completely underwater and raise it up enough and get pumps working and uh by eight o'clock wednesday evening we had the boat refloated and on a trailer and out of the harbor and uh it was just really really cool to watch everybody come together and save save another boater's boat mm-hmm. and nobody asked for anything everybody said that's what i'd expect if it was my boat and so it was, it was really good to see and i see you're nodding your head there carl no, it's uh, great. Uh, Matt was actually at uh, a harbor board meeting on Wednesday and got the call and ran out. And um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, good, good teamwork uh, all the way around. Very good. And on the other vessel uh, on Monday, that one did end up in the water. What happened there? Hey, Kevin, we did. We had a, a vessel tied up, a, a, a gill netting vessel, the fishing vessel Lone Star, tied up sometime during the night, Monday night at the crane dock down at Fisherman's Terminal. We're still not completely 100% sure of the cause of the sinking, but uh, the owner left the boat for a few hours and uh, came back and got a call that his boat was underwater. Um, that boat was completely sunk, but within the same thing. Get divers got mobilized. Um, owner had insurance, got it all covered, and uh, by that afternoon, the boat was in the haul out and hauled out. And I rode through there yesterday, and I believe the boat is back in the water and operating now. Very good. And I, so for both these cases, though the the causes are still under investigation. That's correct, Kevin. I, I don't have enough facts to share right now exactly what cause. We have ideas, but I don't know that know that for a fact. So until I know for sure, I'll hold off saying what caused them. Very good. So, and also with both these cases, it, it seemed to be on part of the vessel itself rather than the fault of the harbor, would, would you say? They, the boat sank, but it wasn't the harbor's fault. Kevin, the, yeah, the boat sank. The harbor was notified that the boats had sank. Um, we, like I said, we don't know what caused them other than something on board the vessel or, you know, something done. So we're not sure yet what caused them. Mm. And I, I suppose also, what would have been done in the case that these de- the, that both these ships did get well submerged further down than they were? What would have happened? Well, Kevin, the one at the crane dock was sitting on the bottom as the tide was coming up, but luckily it's not too deep in there, and it was fairly easy for the divers to get lift bags on and get the vessel raised back up where it broke the water. As soon as the, as soon as the vessel breaks, the water pumps are effective at that point. You're not pumping out the ocean into the <laughs> as it's coming in, so... Um, the one at Statter was in a lot deeper water uh, on B Float in Statter Harbor, probably 80 feet deep. 
uh, depending on the tide and that just it would have been a more involved salvage effort with divers to get down that deep and get lift bags and have it come up and not hit the dock as it came up but it was just through an extraordinary effort by everybody involved that we were able to save that boat from going completely to the bottom and when you started hearing that folks were helping out what did you think i'll say heck yeah give me more <laughs> it's 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 really a great community down there in all the harbors and, and everybody if somebody sees something happen they're going to drop what they're doing and helping out because it could be me or anybody else just this easy things happen with boats so i saw during the operations meeting this week you all had spoke with gold belt regarding a cruise ship dock tell us more about that this is this is that property over nearby the wharf parking lot yeah um kevin so the seadrome dock um, has a building called the seadrome building it's owned by um, gold belt and it's across from the four point uh, the sheraton four point uh, hotel and so that that uplands area um, is kind of a quilt work of various property owners uh, both Gold Belt and CBGA owns property. And we've been working with Gold Belt for, uh, I would say, over a year. And they've they've had an idea of uh, raising the existing Seadrome building and building a new uh, facility that would accommodate um, uh, the tourism tourism industry, I'll say, um, yachts and uh, small cruise ships. And so at the... Uh, Docks and Harbors Operations Planning Committee last week, um, Gold Belt unveiled their plan for what they would like uh, to do at that location. So they've got a uh, very nice renderings. MRV Architects are, is their um, their architectural team, and they've uh, are proposing um, a three story building that would uh, um, advance the the interests of the tourism industry in 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 that part of uh juno so um the it was an informational item but it was the first time that uh gold belts publicly unveiled their plan so now it's in the public domain Uh, people can talk about it and uh the the ask in the future moving forward will be um for some kind of land transaction um uh, that would be or the cbj would uh, sell or transfer lands necessary for Gold Belt, and Gold Belt would uh, um, in turn um, transfer property uh, to CBJ. And uh, at that point, it kind of becomes a, a math uh, problem with uh, appraisals of various properties, and the Seadrome float itself would be on on the table. And uh, if it moves forward, it will be um, there'll be some appraisal that will indicate either um, the value of this land requires CBJ to pay Gold Belt so much, or um, Gold Belt owes CBJ so much for the land that they would like to acquire. So it's still being decided whether or not it'll be in CBJ's hands or Gold Belt? So Gold Belt's plan is this would be a Gold Belt owned um, building. They would like to build it on property that is currently under uh, CBJ ownership. Um, so that's the that's kind of the rub is um, they want to move forward they're ready to move forward um, their vision is to is to build it on CBJ land but there's lots of land um, not lots but um, there's various parcels of land that need to be consolidated um, so that uh, 
a entity like Goldbelt can move forward with a um, kind of a master plan. But uh, the board was um, um, very impressed with the presentation, and um, although there wasn't a vote taken, uh, it seemed like there was consensus with the board members that uh, it's something they'd like to support. And uh, when we say small cruise ships, uh, what, what's a what's a good figure for that? What's so we've been using the uh, 273 feet as a small cruise ship, and basically that's the largest small cruise ship, American flag cruise ship that plies the southeast waters right now. That's the American Cruise Line uh, constellation, um, which ties up out at the. Delta Western Dock out in Ock Bay, formerly the Gitgoff Dock. So they would, we know that they would like to be downtown, um, but they're um, be, just because they're so large. So that's kind of what, when docks and harbors, we did a, a master plan for small cruise ship infrastructure needs. Uh, I've completed that in uh, 2021. Um, we were, in our mind, we think uh, a new uh, small cruise ship float that's 350 feet in length would be appropriate in that vicinity. So there's a lot of things going on. Um, Why would it be appropriate? Uh, we, uh, um, because the th- because it's a 273 foot vessel and you were building it 350 feet. It's just basically um, it's you, you want to have a float that's larger than. Um, nice. Oh, the, I see. Than larger than the. Uh, uh, vessel itself. That's not the case for the largest, so 16B floats. That is smaller, but um, we have uh, what's called dolphins that are used for mooring. But f- in this vision, um, we think a 350 foot vessel uh, or a 270 foot vessel would fit nicely on 350 feet um, linear feet, and that also allows us to put you know two. 150 foot vessels on that face of that uh, floating dock. So that's kind of where that uh, planning study um, we thought the sweet the sweet spot was. But there's a lot. So there's docks and harbors. We have this planning um, document. Gold Belt saw that plan and said, um, "We like what you're doing. We would like to." advance that that concept with a new building so um, kind of working hand in glove with gold belt and then of course um, I don't think it's um, certainly not secret we're, we're, a, we're a transparent organization but we're also uh, working with um, the congressional delegation um, with the idea that we would like to convey we'd like the federal government to convey the the NOAA dock uh, to CBJ control that uh, the NOAA dock uh, downtown is um, underutilized and NOAA has communicated that they um, do not intend to bring a, a NOAA ship back to Juneau anytime soon they're they're um, they're uh, building new uh, moorings down in Ketchikan for the NOAA research vessel Fairweather. So there's a lot of things going on in that little uh, area um, at in the Seadrome area. And, and so with the, with the, uh, with the gold belt proposal though, that's, that's, when's that going to be taken next up? So most likely I'll bring it up at the operations planning committee uh, meeting in August um, give the board a, you know a month to think about it and probably the the motion will be something like uh, uh, does the board want to advance a, an appraisal process for the property and if they say yes and it goes to the board and the board says yes then we will we have a term contractor 
um, that does appraisals and will look at the value of the lands that uh, Gold Belt would like and uh, uh, like to secure in the value of the lands we think we can um, reasonably um, give up and then uh, that just begins that math problem of how much is the the property value um, with the puts and takes. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and go to the, our break. Uh, we'll be back. And we're back with Juno Docks and Harbors. Matt Creswell, the Harbor Master and Port Director, Carl Yucatel, is with us. So how's the cruise management up to this point? Hey, Kevin. So it's so far it's it's this year has been really successful from our end and uh the ships are they they started the season a little little light on passengers um we were receiving all the ships that we were scheduled to receive just some of them were a little light on capacity but we're starting to notice that those numbers are picking up and some ships are coming full and some ships are still at 60 percent but those lower numbers really seem to be picking up and just on a busy busy day you can tell that the ships their, their capacity has increased greatly but uh it's been been a bit of a struggle for from our end and everybody's in with hiring and making sure we had enough folks there to do the job and uh, we're getting through right now we've still got some open vacancies we'd love for people to apply for they close next uh thursday so a little plug in there for that if you're looking for a great job uh, we've got all kinds of opportunities from part-time limited to full-time seasonal benefited positions um the the port seems to be clicking along we're uh, we're getting a lot of good things done getting a lot of good feedback and it's really nice to see folks back in town after a couple of years without it i imagine you'll need those people since you got that screening program so more visitors more screening right more visitors more screening we are uh at, right now just left we're actually turning a ship today which means uh the seaborne odyssey is at the dock and we're they are discharging passengers and taking on New passengers, a little over 300 today. They're a smaller, large cruise ship, um, one of the luxury brands. So that involves full luggage screening and uh, bringing people on board and operating as a cruise ship terminal today, which uh, is happening six times this year. This is our third turn of the year with that ship. So that's uh, very labor intensive, but uh, our, our crew's finally getting it down and we're, we've, we've got a good process going now. So uh, it's, it's exciting to see it all work. Mm. And when you say lower capacity, what's like a frame of reference? Lower capacity. Uh, the lower capacity on the cruise ships, uh, passenger-wise. So what that means is a lower capacity. Typically, when people travel, they travel in pairs. So a lower capacity, um, when you hear the numbers that are uh, advertised by the, um, the cruise ship companies, they assume two people per room. And doesn't mean that sometimes if you have small children or grandkids, you can't get more. But the, when they say lower capacity, that means two people per per room. And but that is picking up, as you were saying, Matt. It is, Kevin. We're, we're definitely. It's. And I mean, I, numbers we see come in a little bit later, but just visually, I mean, watching the people come off the boat, you can tell the capacity on the ships is definitely picking up. And I think in the budget, the city was figuring a million passengers. Are we? Is that still what we're figuring? We're we're anywhere between nine hundred thousand and one point two million, just depending on how it ends the season out. It's it's all on how the ships start, you know, or progress with their raising their capacity throughout the summer. All right, and uh, 
with why everyone knows we have Iron Man coming up, but there's also the Derby coming up. So I wondered if Docks and Harpers had any preparations. Hey, Kevin, we do. We uh, we we partner with the Territorial Sportsmen. They run the Derby, but we've been longtime partners. It runs out of our all of our facilities and. Starting about now, we really increase our communications back and forth with territorial sportsmen. One thing I would like to make sure everyone is aware of, if they're not thinking of it yet, we we live and die by tides here in Juneau. And uh, this year's Derby weekend happens to fall on a large negative tide cycle in both Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings. We're going to be seeing negative two to negative four tides uh, right around 8 a.m. and maybe a little before basically right when everybody's trying to launch their boats at the launch ramp so that means space is going to be very limited after you launch your boat to have somewhere to tie up on the boarding float um and some of your larger boats might not be able to launch right at the bottom of the tide due to uh the ramp running out um so we we would like to ask people to plan well in advance and uh if they do get to the launch ramp and they're launching their boats uh and there's not much room just be ready to get your boat in the water and and move off the dock the other big announcement for this year and territorial sportsmen will be pushing this out more is historically the weigh-in station for Alk bay has been in statter harbor on out at the end of sea float uh this year we've spoken with territorial sportsmen's and they have a desire to see how it works if we move the weigh-in station over to the Alk bay loading facility drive down float that's just past the ferry terminal on the left large 180 foot drive down float there one side of it will be reserved for uh derby weigh-in operations and uh it should go a little smoother it's a lot easier for them to transfer the fish directly over to alaska glacier seafoods and we think it'll be a more efficient process than in alt waste at harbor uh, carl did you have something to add um, no i don't thank you oh, well. so so that that facility you you were saying it was it's right next to the to the ferry terminal just past the ferry terminal in alaska go past the ferry terminal and go past alaska glacier seafoods and it's right there on the left and that's where people pull up on their boats when they weigh in the fish okay and is there are there any other preparations also being made or just make sure to get your boat out <laughs> as soon as possible there's kevin there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes on behind the scenes with schedules of ice deliveries and and different things with their staff and setting up the uh the houses on the docks where they use for like douglas harbor and uh all that just it's kind of i hate to use the term but it's kind of on autopilot we get we get a schedule of what they plan and when things are going to be delivered and we plus up our staff on those weekends and we're just there to respond to anything that comes up and uh Derby's been going for a long time now, and most of the most of the people in Juno kind of know how how everything works. Just the the big big thing is, I just don't want it to come to us as a surprise to anyone that we have those negative tides. That's that's going to be a, a big deal. So we just want people to be ready for that and be prepared for that. Negative tides and the weigh-in station. Yep. Correct. Okay. Well, is there anything either of you'd like to add before we close out today? Carl? <laughs> no, um, we got a lot going on in Docks and Harbors, and I really encourage, you know, interested patrons to keep abreast of what we've got going on with uh, uh, with the Docks and Harbors board. We have a board meeting on Thursday. Our uh, agendas are always online, and so they're, they're, we've got a lot going on, and so uh, um, more than a half-hour show once a month can really uh, reflect, but we appreciate the opportunity to to speak with you monthly, monthly, uh, 
Kevin, and uh, um, answer your questions. And we'll thank you both for coming. And that's the program. On Monday, we don't have a guest scheduled right now, but there might just be somebody, so be sure to tune in. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line, signing off.